In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. My name is Beth Laurie. I'm your host. Today, I wanted to come on and talk about frequently asked questions. There are some questions that seem to continually bubble up in the process of disciple making, and I thought it would be really great to talk about these so I had some people submit some questions, and I thought we would just go through them, and um, maybe we'll learn a little bit together here, because I think sometimes misunderstandings keep us from doing the things that Jesus wants us to do. So the first question that I hear a lot, and other leaders have heard many times, is what do I say when I don't know the answer to a biblical question? Well, we're going to start, first of all, from freeing ourselves from pressure. (laughs) This podcast should be all about that. Um, So many of the most well-studied Bible teachers still have lots of questions. Uh, None of us have all the answers this side of heaven. I mean, God created the universe, the galaxies. He spoke them into creation. He is so much larger than we can imagine that there are things that we can't fully understand. And there are people who don't like the part about mystery. But at the same time, I do understand this concern. I mean, it was probably my biggest concern. Maybe the first thing I said when someone asked me to lead a group was, I've not read the whole Bible. I don't understand everything. So it's a very legitimate question. But I think the best way to look at it is it's a great learning opportunity. It's a great way to to model what it means to be a disciple So maybe we could walk through some steps that you could do if you come to something within the Bible that we don't don't know have an answer for, or we have someone who has a question that no one in the group, because other people in the group might know the the answer, but if it if it's not there, then the first thing to do is humbly admit that you don't know. In that you're modeling both humility and a teachable heart, and that's a sign of being a disciple. We don't have to know everything. A disciple is a learner, a pupil. It's someone who is continuously putting themselves before Jesus uh, to become like him. The next step would be to ask the group members, especially the person who asked the question, as well as yourself, to do some research this week. Say, let's start with prayer. Let's ask God to reveal scripture to us. And then encourage them to use all the many tools that are available, a concordance, a commentary, different translations. Remind them to read 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that man may be competent, equipped for every good work. See, Scripture is about finding the lies within ourselves. It's not meant to manipulate others. So we're just looking for things that God could be revealing uh, to us as we study Scripture. So then we have to ask God to teach us. That would be something um, we'd want to do as we study these passages and sit with them, meditate on them, ponder them, And then it's okay to go and seek counsel if needed. There are people and resources available. Ask questions. And then bring back what you learn and share it in your group the next week. 
and trust the Holy Spirit is working in all of that. Stay open to what others share, listen to them, notice patterns, notice similarities, and listen for that peace within your heart of what God is teaching. And then embrace that. Embrace that there's still things to learn, but this is what he's revealed at this time. We're always learning. So don't be discouraged or don't not become a disciple maker because you don't have all the questions to the Bible. Of course, it's a big book. It's a library. It's a lot to understand. Instead, embrace it as a time to learn together with those that you're journeying with. The next question we get a lot is, if I'm a Christian who struggles with issues, how can I disciple others? Well, that's a really good question. And talk about a mystery. God uses broken and imperfect people to do his work. Matthew 10, 1 says, Jesus called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over the unclean spirits to cast them out and heal every disease and every affliction. He goes on and he gives them authority as his disciples again um, after he had called them in the beginning at the end in Matthew 28. He again gives them the authority to go make disciples. But if you read all the passages in between when he first called them and then before he ascends to heaven and leaves this work with them, <laughs> there's a lot of mess ups in there with the disciples. He rebukes them several times. Peter denies him. Judas betrays them. This was a motley crew <laughs> that Jesus was working with, and yet he still gave them the authority uh, to do this work. See, it's okay to struggle. We all do it, but we are also all on the same journey to learn to obey. So we need to get help. Uh, we need to be honest when we have a struggle. We need to tell it to our group. We need to ask them to hold us accountable, whatever that safe space is, to, to tell them about what you're struggling with. And if it's some really serious issues, you might need to get some professional help and model that. Think about that. You're modeling for the other disciples that you're journeying with what it looks like to deal with a hard problem. You're being an example for them of how to overcome and allowing them to even be part of that. James 5, 13 through 15 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. In this, in this struggle, this, this um, issue that people might have, one of them I hear is doubt. And it's okay to doubt. Doubt is a normal part of our humanity. I've read some amazing stories of Christian saints who went through periods of doubt. Even Peter in the Bible had doubt, right? He became the rock of, of the church. Most of us come out stronger on the other side of doubt, and the point is to go through it, to seek, not get stuck, but instead to continue to ask questions and seek answers even in the doubt. 
So yes, you can have issues, you can have struggles, you can have doubts and still make disciples. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong." Making disciples is not really about us anyways. It's about pouring into others. Listen to Jesus, obey, model what it means to walk through struggles and issues, and trust him to direct the path. He's the one making the disciples. The next question is, what do I do in my group? (laughs) What is the next thing I should do? And Maybe the, that's not even the real question, but this is the question we get a lot. What should I do next? What, what, what can I do next within my group? Most of us are conditioned to sort of think that way, that uh, disciple-making is about the next teaching. However, disciple-making is about discerning what is the best thing that this particular group needs at this particular time. And discernment, that's a big word. That's a hard word. But it's an important step. Um, It means stopping and listening and waiting on the Lord, spending time in prayer. Discernment means asking really good questions. Where are my group members struggling? What do they need? What is the Holy Spirit saying to me? What have we not covered? What would develop them into disciple-makers? So it would be important to sit in that and really listen. What, what are the words they've said? What are some of the things that you've noticed? What are the patterns that you're seeing? So that type of discernment is really the best way. And I would also say free yourself from the pressure of just studying one thing after the other. Um, many of us don't need more knowledge. We actually probably know the information. What we're struggling with is implementing what we know. Think about that. We often hear people say, oh, that was a great lesson. We don't hear them say, I never, ever, ever knew that um, because they already knew it. What, what the problem is, is we don't have safe spaces to practice or we don't spend enough time on skills. See, skills give us the confidence to continue to do the work of the kingdom. So obedience to becoming a disciple maker is about practicing and creating those spaces, role play, go out and do things together, be creative, challenge the disciples to do things they haven't done, send them into the community like Jesus did, send them out two by two. Um, These types of things would be good discernment. So what is the question of what is next is really what is the best thing for this particular group? What is the thing that they will need? And listening to that. And that will direct you to your next activity. So sit time. Spend time with the Lord in discerning what is the best step for your group. And then remember, there's many others here to help you and guide you and pray with you in that discernment. The next question that I get a lot is, 
Am I not a disciple of Jesus Christ if I'm not actively leading others in a discipleship group? Wow, this is such a good question, such an important one, and it comes up a lot. Um, Absolutely, we will always start with grace. We're not about being legal. A disciple is a learner, a pupil, an apprentice of Jesus. We are learning to live like Jesus. So if you take out the gospel and you start reading what Jesus did, you see the things that he did. And if you are a disciple, you are apprenticing, you are taking on the task that Jesus did. And we didn't get to make these things up. (laughs) Jesus modeled it for us, and he called us to do these things. When you read scripture, there's a long list of things that Jesus modeled for us. He prayed. He went away from the crowd to be alone with the Father. He listened to the Father and obeyed him. He prepared for ministry by learning, and then he waited for his time. He hung out with sinners. He hung out with the outcast. Jesus baptized. He spoke words of truth. He responded in compassion. He healed the sick. He went after those lost sheep. He freed the captives. He made disciples. He raised the dead. That's a lot of stuff. And this is not, again, about adding pressure. This is, again, about giving us a vision for our life. So we started with grace, that we're not trying to be legal. And we're also ending with grace, that do we need to make disciples? There will be a season and a reason in our life that it might not be possible for us to invest in others. And that's as understandable. People are sick. They're going through certain times in their life. There's a lot of grace given. But remember this. We are one generation away from Christianity ending. Others have showed us the way to become disciples. They've modeled for us a life with Jesus. And now it's our time to pass that on to the next generation. I don't, I'm not the best at math, but check this math out. If every Christian in the world would make three disciples, we could be done. According to world populations, there's 2.5 billion Christians in the world. There's 7.6 billion people. That says if we each did the things that Jesus did, and we made disciples, this problem would be done. (laughs) We would have a world full of disciples. The problem is most of us aren't doing the things that Jesus has already modeled for, so most of us are not even making disciples. So now we're not only making disciples of unbelievers, but we are also making disciples of already believers who have not yet chosen to live into all the things that Christ has called us to live into. So don't be discouraged. Let it be an encouragement to you. Jesus believes in you, and so do we. You are not alone. In the final promise that Jesus made in Matthew 28, he says, I will be with you always to the very end of time. He is the one making the disciples. The Holy Spirit is working within us. We are an instrument in his hand. We will mess up, <laughs> and he can still use all good, all of our messes, all of our messes to create beautiful new things. But he wants our hearts there to say yes. He wants us being willing to do this work with him. 
We are his hands, his feet, his mouth, his living example here on earth. So we're here to help him. And again, without pressure, but just to do the work that Jesus modeled for us. So thank you for listening today. Those are some good questions to ponder. If you have more questions, please send them to me at disciplelife at mountpisgah.org. Love to do more of these kind of frequently asked questions episodes. Until next time, peace and joy in your disciple making. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org. 419disciplemakers.org.